All right, we are live at Serge's Corner live stream. Look at that. Almost like a real show. Almost getting there, guys. So glad. Very excited about today's guest. Keith Aram's going to be here. Let's check in for a bit. Who's here? Hala. Yes. Welcome. Hope things are good. The Emirates Master Z is here. Hello. Hello. The meme guy. Always one of my favorite names up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very excited. We have Keith Aram here today. I just this guy is just—he's just a superstar, uh, good friend. He—he's one of the classiest, most uh, successful, most competent people I've ever met. Here, let me show you. Let me show you the little video we got of him. Uh, what we did for you guys seen this before? This is probably seen it before. This, this is uh, we did for Keith Aram. Tuesday. That's today. Look at that handsome bastard, huh? Look at him. Oh my goodness. I'm gonna back up there again. This guy, this guy's way too cool for anybody's school. I'm gonna leave him up there just for a minute. You can see this guy. Uh, I'm gonna say hi to other people. Rushman Black Officer, how you doing? Abdallah Ahmed, nice to meet you. Glad you're here today. Let's see. Uh many, many, many new faces. I don't read Arabic and I don't read uh any type of haiku. Good stuff. Jant Moore. Jant Moore. How you doing, brother? Get you on. You can say hi to Keith today. Sevidlana. Glad you're here. Dalton. This is a new name. Shadowborn. Happy birthday to your sister, buddy. Aaron. Gamer. Doom. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Glad you're here. On Oregon. Norrigan. Hey, I'm doing, man. Blood and drugs. Love it. Lucas Hughes is always, always here. Mm-hmm. Lieutenant Narks, <coughs> my hero. Teresa Serrato is here. Thank you. My next door neighbor is here. Awfully Irish podcast. Man, it's gorgeous. It's 78 degrees and sun's out. <coughs> Juan Castro, what kind of cologne? It's called Isimiyaki. That's all I wear, Isimiyaki. Deodorant and cologne. APK, how you doing? Android Gamers here. Mason Warner, Rex King, one, two, one, three. Yes, sir. Blade the Adventure. Your birthday's tomorrow. Happy birthday, man. Reggie, how are you? Spicy Pun. Alec Rhodes. You just got shown up in droves here today. All right. Master Sergeant Garrick. Glad you're here. Glad you're here. So let me tell you about Keith. Keith and I met uh, while doing Black Ops 1 back in 2010, I believe. And uh, yeah, he's just, he, he was, he's, he directs. Uh, he he inspires. He actually runs PCB Studios, which is where we where we record almost everything. Everything you ever seen has probably come through uh, PCB Studios. Hey, Augustine Duffinson, how are you? Yoster B, yes, I do look like hammered shit. Need a haircut? Uh, the chat, well, chat always explodes, buddy, because we have Keith Aram on today, and uh, Keith and I are gonna have a drink together. We're gonna talk some. Gonna catch up. He's got a lot going on. I'd like Shadowborn. How are you? 
So if you if your sister's old enough, I'd say now swear because you know it does sleep out. Enrique Shawty, how you doing? And Woods, I don't smoke these. I just chew on them. Yes, Websey, how you doing? Nice, nice, nice. Let me throw up a few more Keith Aaron tidbits for you guys. He's you know Keith Aram said it wrong. He um, let me show you some. He's got a great video he does for his uh, company. Let me track that down. Yes, video reels. Here we go. Uh, here's the, here, I'm going to give you another. Uh, hope you guys can hear this. Uh, this, is, this, is, uh, this, is, this is Keith's company. It's called PCB Productions. They, uh, again, they make everything you've ever seen in a video game. They've done Halo. They've done Modern Warfare, Black Ops 1 and 2. They've done... Yeah, just you know, I'm gonna give you guys another glimpse. This is his, this is his company's um, trailer. Check this out. Look at this. This is a classy guy. This key. Michael Rooker. Yeah, that's his, that's his, uh, one of his videos. He's awesome, man. This guy's great stuff. All right, so without further ado, is, is his Keith back yet? Oh, I lost Keith. Uh-uh. I guess I got to, I just, I think I kicked Keith off the, uh, I think I kicked him off. Oh, no. All right, so let me call him up, make sure he gets back on. All right, that's embarrassing. I just kicked my guest off, guys. Stand this part for the course, right? Let me get him back on. Oh goodness! And uh, hang on, let me call him up. <laughs> uh, all right. I just kicked my guest off. It's embarrassing. Valley, uh, tell Keith to come back on the show. I just kicked him off inadvertently. <laughs> okay. I'll let it know. All right. Thank you. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, man, do those kind of things. Anyway, let's talk to you guys some more. Um, Darren, but what's up, off the Irish Package? Let's see. What else can I take? You guys like my new sign or what? Huh? Sergeant's Corner? Got a whole new website coming up. We got new things available. Somebody's on private chat. Let me find out what Keith is if he comes in. Who's on private chat here? Keith. <laughs> Keith. Here. Keith, you got to come back on, man. I I, I lost your... Uh... All right, hang on. Is this you? No. All right. Why can't I get you on? Why are you not on the show, Keith? Oh, for Christ's sakes. Jesus. All right, everybody. 
That's embarrassing. Here he is. This is He's see, he knows me like this. I do this shit all the time. Don't I I like I'm a mess in this in the booth. I remember one day Keith turns to me and I'm just messing something up. He turns to me and it was something, you know, Woods is doing some stupid shit. He turns to me like, you really are this character, aren't you? Really? <laughs> Dude, I have had the most fun working with you on set. It has just been awesome. Uh, How you doing? Okay, everybody, this is this is Keith Aram. We're gonna talk a little bit. First thing we're gonna do, uh, Mr. Aram, did you have a, a, a libation with you? I, I do. I didn't have I didn't have a beer, so I uh, brought the next best thing, if that's all right. And. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and to add to that, I thought it would be kind of appropriate. It's not quite our, our game, but I've got a, uh, our Call of Duty shot glass. You, so. you are the balls, man. Let's go. Pop it open. Let's have a drink together. I have friend. to warn you, I have, I have a, a, a session this evening, so uh, try not to get me too drunk today because I'm on camera, and that's, that's not good for my reputation. <laughs> all right, to you, my friend. Thank all you. Right. All you've done to make me a better actor, you have made me better in every possible way, and I, I love you for that, man. Thank you for that. Dude, thank you for having me here. Mm. Oh, God, that's good. Hello. All right. So, yeah, we'll, we'll talk. So, let's. Uh, what's going on now, man? What you said you had a new project coming up. Can you talk about it in front of these kids, or? Um, there. So the great part about the game industry is that everything that we work on is under these crazy legal agreements, these non-disclosures, so we can't talk about it forever. And then by the time it comes out, we're already two years past it. Yeah. Uh, uh, one of the things I can talk about, which is super cool, is um, super excited about this one, is that I have one of my uh, graphic novels that I did. I've done about four or five uh, graphic novels. And one of my first books, Infects, uh, is being made into a game right now, and it's also being made into a television show. So uh, that's pretty exciting. I actually have a copy of it here if you haven't seen it. So this, this sucker. So we did, we did this years ago. You sent me the digital version of that. That's a brilliant piece of work. I love that. Yeah. In case you guys don't know, let me tell you, this guy gives me such an inferiority complex. Not only is he handsome, have a studio. His wife is gorgeous. His kids are ridiculously smart. And this guy, he's a high-end cyclist. He had a rock band. He writes books. He directs this. He runs and he, he's the go-to guy for recording anything that has to do with a video game. He has his own studio. And I'm surprised how you sleep. How, when do you sleep? I mean, how do you do this? I mean, you're, you, you are a freak of nature, dude. If I, I succeed at pissing a lot of people off. That's for sure. It's just uh, I, I have a very high standard for myself, and, and I and I try not to impose that on other people. I'm, I'm not trying to be a control freak or anything like that. But for myself, I just I like getting things done, you know. And it's and for me, if I have an idea for a movie or a book or a game or a song or something, I just want to learn how to be better at any of that. And there's there's always going to be someone who's better than you. And it's not a competition. It's not trying to say that I'm trying to be better than anybody else. It's just that I want to learn how to do all these things. And then if I find that I'm not good at it, or I just, you know, there's other people that can do it better, then I can at least communicate with those people much better. So I try to learn everything that I do to a point that I can have an intelligent conversation about it. And if I can't, then I just get out and say, hey, you're the expert and you do your thing. So... Well, what I've always found about you, Keith, is I love that you you have the ability 
to learn and expand. Like, I remember when we talk a lot because I'm I'm a I, I'm a handful in, in the in the booth. I, I have my own way of doing things, you know. But you, I've always noticed you were able to uh, find a way to explain things because sometimes you know Adams there can't get it through me, and you say, Jim, what about this? Yeah, and you always like. You know, you and you always lead me down these great paths. You have a very nice um, way of leading an actor to where the show needs him to be without compromising the integrity of the uh, of the performance. I mean, I got, when you're an actor, I mean, you have so many factors weighing on you, right? I mean, you're you're trying to take a writer's intention and their words and bringing that there and you're trying to bring your experiences and what you've done as an actor to this and then a director who's trying to keep continuity with all of these other things putting it together and that's i think as a performer that's so much pressure and then you add on to the complexity of you're doing facial capture or motion capture mm -hmm. or voiceover all these technical performances and i think it's just unfortunate that it sets up a lot of actors to fail if they're not given the right <clears throat> context or the right support. So for me, as a as a as a director, uh, and especially as working in games, it's this. I always say that every line is a negotiation. I have to be able to channel what the intent is of what the writing is and what the team's direction is, and then I have to convey that hopefully simply to an actor, so the actor is focused on that performance. The actor has to understand that, bring it back. And then we all have to be happy about it. And we have to do that all day long as, as you know, in video games. And so that's what's so great about working with you as an actor is because you bring this grounded realism to your performances and your background as an actor is so such an organic process to that. And so for as a director, it makes it great because then I can sort of, I don't have to get into too much of the minutia of all the backstory where you can worry about the scene and the emotional context of a scene and come up with something really powerful. And that's why I love all your scenes and that we work together on Call of Duty and on Phoenix Incident, because you just bring that realism to the performance. And it makes me look like a better director because you're just a rock star. It's a collaboration. Now this guy here, this is this is a typical session with Michael Rooker, I believe. <laughs> He just called me a couple of weeks ago. He, uh, yeah, he's been through the woods too. It's been a crazy uh, year for everybody, but that guy is awesome. Michael is just such a funny uh, energy. Talk about energy! Oh my god, off the charts, off the charts. And yeah. and it's it's interesting because he also brings a different uh, background. I I remember seeing him. I saw uh, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer when I was just you know when I was a kid, and I was like terrified. It was one of the scariest movies I ever saw because he just brought this intensity about him that I've never seen. And and, and yeah. even today, it's really rare to see someone with that kind of energy. And so to be able to, you know, work with him and, and all these amazing people in these projects, it's uh, it's a blast. Hey, I have another picture for you. I want this is a, one of my favorites, actually. Let me give you this guy up here. This guy, you and this is a, one of the most this guy is an absolute enigma. Uh, the probably in my mind the best living actor we have right he, here. He is. He Gary. He, you understand when you work with someone like Gary, you understand why he's Gary Oldman. It's 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 amazing. He uh, performance and talent 
aside, which is mind blowing. He's such a, a chameleon in every role he does. You don't even realize it's Gary Oldman. He's so good. Uh, but Gary as a guy is also just so grounded and so good to work with that you realize that like that's what makes these performers um, become these icons is that they're just so wonderful to work with uh, behind and in front of the camera. So, uh, and I'm doing uh, another project with him coming up. Look at that team! Look at that group right there. This group of misfits. This was uh, this was 2000. What 16, 15? Yeah, uh, yeah, something like that. That was for um, yeah, I think that was for the Call of Duty um, event that we did. Yeah, yeah. Now we got Billy Murray next to me on my left. Yeah, you got you in the middle, of course. You got this handsome bastard right there, Bill Fickner. Love Billy, and then of course Nolan North, and off to the side is Baker. Now, Troy Baker's kind of peeking his nose in there. That was great because with uh, Troy, um, so when Troy moved out here from Texas, uh, I just realized what a rock star he was going to become and just was on every project, every project I was doing. And even if you go back to like uh, Modern Warfare 2, um, there's a infamous level called No Russian. And at the end of it, spoiler, uh, that the you, the player, gets... Uh, sacrifice to kind of start off the whole war and he gets he gets killed and he only has like two lines I think in the whole game and those two lines that's Troy Baker doing that part in No Russian and uh, and so when we did this event uh, we were just getting Troy in because Troy hadn't done his later stuff in some of the later games with uh, really? uh, with Kevin Spacey and everybody else um, and of course Nolan who is like one of the funniest humans on the planet those uh, two together I remember sitting in panel with those two, and like, you know, I'm I'm kind of a one trick pony, right? Yeah. These two guys, when you sit next, I mean, me and it was a, a Blum, Stephen Blum, we're sitting there, and the, we're some panel, and these two start going, and I just kind of grabbed the cigar, sat back, and watched because I was that with they are together, they are out of their mind. We we did something uh, that we actually got scolded pretty hard for was we did we did this thing called the Kings of Carnage. And uh, so it was uh, Nolan, uh, Nolan North, Fred Tattashore, uh, and Steve Bloom, and myself, and Valerie worked on this. And we thought it would be really fun to take some public domain Christmas songs and uh, basically theme them like all the Call of Duty zombie stuff that we were doing together. And <laughs> we came in the studio for like, two days and we wrote an entire album of material. And it uh, it was unbelievably hilarious. And the guys from Machinima um, were doing this uh, video and uh, they basically took the audio from our album, the, from one of the first songs, and they took footage from the game and it had a little bouncing zombie head and we did this thing called Zombie Bells. And <laughs> if you think about it, it's like uh, at the time when Machinima was at their height, they had like 135 million subscribers. I remember. I remember. And in the first 48 hours, we went to number two on Machinima. And uh, the next day, I got a call from the legal department saying, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> and we just thought it was like this little fan thing. We had no idea that like we were like ruffling feathers or anything like that. And we would, I mean, we weren't selling it. We were just, you know, giving this thing away. Um, 
but we were politely asked to take it down. And so uh, <laughs> if you can find it, it's called the Kings of Carnage. And it's, and it, of course the internet, you, it, nothing ever dies. So, um, but if you ever get to find it, there is an album's worth of material out there that is. Uh, Blade Avengers says you remember Zombie Bells. That that's, had, a, that's one of yours, right? Zombie Bells? Yeah, it was Zombie Bells. It's the whole album is called, yeah, the Kings of Carnage. And, and we didn't use anything from the game. It was just us just screwing around in the studio here for a couple of days. But, uh, but uh, yeah, it was, it, it, it was, those are good memories. So uh, definitely uh, internet fodder for the ages. <laughs> I love it. And then, uh, and then of course, uh, Mr. Fickner, uh, that was on Modern Warfare 3, I believe. And Bill and I still remain really good friends. He's an amazing actor, just oh. Batman and Contact and all the movies he's done over the years. And uh, again, like a chameleon, like he's in so many movies that people are like, oh my God, I know that guy. And you know, if you watch him in- um, Well, there's one drawback. He's a, Black Buffalo, Hawk Bill. he's a Buffalo Bills fan. Oh, well, that, that, that could be a problem. I, I can see how that would yeah, not yeah. work. That's so, you know, I love him, good guy, but he's a Buffalo Bills fan. Actually, we were on that, remember we did that, we were on stage talking, doing that interview, and he and I were started talking about football. He's like, I'm a Patriots fan. We've <laughs> we, we been, we been spanking Buffalo for two decades now. So there's that funny. He's a good guy. And he's he's a really, for uh, an actor of his stature, he lives a very humble life. Like he's very, yeah. you don't hear about him in the news. He's kind of quiet. And yep. I, I admire that. I, I love that when somebody has that much uh, visibility but lives a quiet life. There's a lot to be said for that, you know? I, I think so. I think I think celebrity really puts you in a different light sometimes that makes it very difficult for your family and your friends and, and other things. And so to be able to still be fairly private and, and have that, but not lose your ability to work is phenomenal. People so, like, like Glenn Morshauer and other guys, same kind of thing, really great actors. It's that, not so subtle. <laughs> <laughs> Terry Crews is not so subtle, is he? Terry is is the the most energetic, fun guy you'll ever get to hang out with. He's just like he's always full of energy. He's just always he's always got a great attitude. Um, he just celebrated uh, his uh, anniversary, which is also on his birthday this last year, um, uh, at a private event that we went to with him, and. It's amazing to see him with his friend, you know, his friends and his family outside of you know work. I've only you know you know worked with him here and on our projects. I did Saints Row together with him, and uh, and then became really good friends with him. And so to see him with his friends and then see how he works. And then uh, when I was shooting Phoenix Incident, they were doing the pilot for uh, for his show for um, um, nine. Uh, sorry, I'm blanking the name of the show for. Uh, yeah. uh, but uh, okay, we'll figure it out. But when when they were shooting, uh, they were just doing the pilot, and what was amazing about it was that all of security was keeping everybody back. My crew was scouting out some locations. They were shooting there, and Terry saw me, and he's like Keith, and he and he yells across the entire set. They stopped filming. He brought <laughs> me on the set, and then went around and gave me a tour and introduced me to all the other actors on the set. And my crew was looking like, why is Terry Crews taking Keith around the set? And his crew was like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> and uh, so Terry's that kind of guy. He just, he loves his friends. He loves his family. And he just completely supports 
you know, any cause that he's behind. He's a really good guy. Dude, okay, here's another guy for you that people don't know that probably one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Uh, crazy history, but you would never expect this until you meet him. Danny <laughs> Trejo. How much do we love Danny Trejo? Danny, man, that guy is a legend. Um, so I just did a game with him earlier this last year and we became instant friends. Um, he works so hard. He really, really, he didn't even start his career until I think he was like 40 or 50. Um, he turned his whole life around. He had been in, in, in jail and he was actually on set helping another friend and the director saw him and got him involved oh. totally took off his career and danny just he he's one of those again you can understand why these guys are the celebrities that they are because they're just as amazing off camera as they are on camera and uh danny has this whole chain of uh restaurants yeah. uh, i'm not Yes, yes. And he's got Trails Cantina actually right here. It's actually right across the street from where Infinity Ward is yeah. up here in the Valley. And um, after we were shooting, him and his manager took not only me out to dinner, but they took my whole family out to dinner, uh, one of our family friends out. And we spent the whole night at his restaurant just ordering food and trying things out. And uh, and we and he invited me to some conventions or the horror conventions that we were doing and some of the stuff I was doing with with some of my costume stuff that I was doing on the side. And he's just one of these guys that, again, just loves to support his community and his friends and family. And, and that's what you love about this world. Here's what I always talk about. I, I met Danny once or twice. I, I, again, you know, we cross paths in this business, right? And when I talk to actors about getting into the business and saying, how do you make the like, thing? Woods is my character. I, I, I kind of, you know, I, he is. You own him. We are indistinguishable. Sometimes, you know, the behavior is there. And what I say to actors is, look, at, you, you, can't, you can't think it's about your looks. You can't think it's about anything other than who you are in the most authentic. And we, you know, when you say, so we say a line, mean what you say, say what you mean, but always be authentic. Always. And, and Danny Trejo is the one of the most authentic cats I've ever met. I mean, what you see on screen, you is don't right. get much farther away when you meet him in person. Now, you, you, you amp up this different versions of it, like his woods. I don't really kill people in real life, but I do carry a gun you know you amp up different parts of person but danny is like he's not a traditional handsome leading man by any stretch of image he's kind of scary looking and he works really hard at being disarming because like he you know he's a scary looking dude if you didn't know him yeah yeah you're fucking you know he's been to prison he's a he's fucking tough you know yeah but yeah he uses who he is to the he uses every ounce of who he is and that's why he's so charismatic because he's very comfortable in his body can you talk about that about being comfortable in who you are i mean that's the thing is that what you what you have to realize no matter what age you are and i think i was fortunate enough to to realize it at a young age partly because of a tragedy that happened and also just i think that kind of led me to this path but so many people fight who they are they, they want to be better looking. They want to have more talents. They want to have more money. They want all these other things. And the truth is, is that 
the brain and the soul and the consciousness of who you are is stuck in this body for your entire life. And the sooner that you get used to that and comfortable with that and get past that, then you can actually make progress. And I think that so many people are fighting that and saying, oh, I wish I was this. I wish I looked better. I wish I had this. I wish I had that. And it's like, we all have those dreams. And, and that's super, super important to never lose sight of your dreams, but they have to be with the background that you just have to understand who you are. Um, I was in a, in a really bad, uh, tragic car crash uh, when I was uh, 18, 19 years old and um, pretty graphic, don't have to get into it, but I almost died coming out of surgery. And, and I was 19, you know, I was 18, 19 years old. Uh, my body was super healthy, but I was so beaten down from uh, the surgery and a lot of things went wrong um, that there was this really, really peaceful but powerful moment where I realized I could just let go. And you always hear about soldiers in battle. You know, you have a, a, a med officer or somebody working with someone saying, stay with me, stay with me, hang in there. And there is something about a will to live. Yes. And you hear about this about paramedics and other people yes. talking through. And, but the, the flip side, you hear these elderly couples that have been married for 60, 70 years, and then one passes away and the other person dies within days, right? Or, or, or less. And the reason why I, I believe is this this will to live this idea of being inside your body and 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 hanging on and and when you're older and your body becomes frail and when you get to a point where your body can't sustain itself it becomes your will to live that's and that's how longevity and people stay alive for so long when you're young and when i was 19 my body was so healthy that you know you couldn't just will yourself to die or go around and i'm not trying to be dark about this but what the lesson i learned about this was when my body was injured and I was really so close to dying, suddenly this peaceful kind of feeling came over me and I realized I could let go. And it, it took away the fear of death, but at the same time, it also gave me the confidence of why I need to live. And that lesson at 19 years old, I think changed my life because now I realized that like life is really important worth living and you have to savor and, and appreciate every moment yeah. so the moment that you realize that you're not fighting yourself and you're just trying to make life better for everybody and including yourself um that's where you really succeed and i think that that's what gave me the confidence to do the things that i do Dude, that that's an amazing story man that, that those you know those near-death experiences are always the ones that turn people's corners that mine was the same way it's the same thing you when you come to that place where you actually get to make a decision whether you're going to stick around or not, everything changes, man. That's right. Yeah. And it, it's, I don't mean to be dark about it, but it was like that, that, that I think is something that really. <laughs> Keith, Keith, on your worst day, you could never be dark. You are, you're, you're like a fucking nuclear fusion reactor. There's never, <laughs> there's never darkness around you. It's, a, it's an impact. <laughs> Your darkest day is like the brightest sun in the sky. So let's kill that. Here, how about this guy right here? Let's talk about somebody who's, who is just a freaking legend in so many ways. I miss that guy. He was amazing. I mean, this is, oh, by the way, in case you don't know, this is the Stan Lee who basically came to fame when he was 70. Because yeah. he was, you know, the, the head of the comic book empire for years, but no one knew who he was until, of course, we made Iron Man, right? Right. All the, all, as soon as he started making cameos in the films and everyone else started, he was already had had 
bits and pieces over the years and Marvel had gone up and down for many, many years. Um, I got to work with Stan uh, before and after his rise. I did, I worked on uh, six, I directed six of the Spider-Man games and Stan would come in and narrate. Slow it up, say that again. What did you do? I, I directed the talent on at least six of the Spider-Man Spider movies. Keith did six Spider-Man games. Just hear that. Go ahead. Moving on. Continue. But uh, uh, but, uh, but yeah, and and all of them were were great. And there and even uh, you know the new ones that are coming out that I wasn't involved with, I think, are even more spectacular. But they're all great in their own ways because the way gameplay was done, the artistic style, everything that was there. But to me, the best part about working on those games was getting to work with Stan. Because I mean, Stan was just you know in the comic book industry and being an author and creating my own graphic novels um he was such an influence and so to get to work with him and he's like he was like the the most amazing like grandfather you could have like he was always smiling always supportive uh even if he didn't remember you he, re he would act like he did and uh, <laughs> behind the scenes here with him and and it was so funny because I'd see him meet people that I know he didn't meet, he never knew. And he would be like, oh, how you doing? And he was, he always made everybody feel special, which was great. And um, it was funny because I was working on Infects, which is what we're doing now, the show and the new game. But I was creating this app and it was like the first interactive graphic novel for uh, for the industry. And it's still, you know, to this day, I, I don't think I've, I've seen anything that's been quite like it. And Stan loved it. He thought it was the coolest thing because he was taking graphic novels to this whole new interactive area where we had celebrity voices and we had music and sound effects. And I was going to have Stan uh, do the introduction for the book. And he uh, unfortunately had a business partner who wasn't, uh, apparently there were some issues there. And I think afterwards there, it came out, there were other issues. So he kind of squashed the deal, but, Dan, but uh, Stan and I remained friends. And um, I got a really big film offer for my first book, Ascend, which was my first big, big graphic novel. I remember novel. it. I remember it. It's a beautiful book. Beautiful. And, yeah. and, I, and I got a, an offer from one of the biggest studio heads to make this film. But the problem was I wouldn't get to write it. I wouldn't get to direct it. I really wouldn't be involved in it at all. And this is something that, you know, I tattooed on my body and I, it was a dream that I had. And it was like, show me, show, slow down, show us a tattoo. Show right, well, us a tattoo. Yeah. All right, well, here's the book. So you understand that where it came from. So that's the book, right? That was my first book. And if you haven't seen, I don't know if you've seen all of this stuff, but it's like this fully hand painted graphic novel that's just, this big giant book um but anyway um so yeah so uh valerie uh talked me into getting my first tattoo if you can see that guy um <laughs> but uh so uh so i had this offer i had a number of offers to make the movie um but really the goal of that book was there were storyboards for the script for me to direct my first movie and so here I, i'm faced with this big giant movie deal and I'd be completely cut out of it, you know, in traditional Hollywood style. And uh, and so uh, I was talking, I called Stan and I said, what do you think I should do? Because I've got this huge producer. It's going to be a, you know, 150, 200 million dollar movie. And uh, and I said, but I, I, I'm not going to be part of it. So it's like, you know, and he goes, 
<laughs> he said, hey, I, I won't use the language he used because I, I, I want to honor his memory. But he basically said, uh, just take the freaking money. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was really interesting because because he was basically trying to say, like, you know what, like being in those rooms and being part of that is is super important. And but yeah. for me, uh, you know, the creative and the integrity and learning and, and growing was more important than taking the money. And and I have I've been fortunate enough to be working uh, in such a great business and, and having such a, a good company that uh, I'm not doing this for the money. I don't you know, if I was doing this for money, I'd be doing a much different career. I would be doing what I do. Uh, but fortunately, um, it's been very successful for us. And I wanted this to be done for the love of it, not for the money. And so I passed on it. And uh, now things are coming back around and, you know, I'll still get to make that movie, but I'll get to do it my way. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, hang on, I, I guess I want to show you. So, a couple things. Uh, you, there's a lot of people waiting to ask questions. You've, you've been you've been doing great for an hour now. I love it. But I want to. I, I I have to do this because it's um. This is this is this is Keith's IMDb. I, the IMDb is what the industry has for uh, telling what you did. Now, you know. It's, <laughs> It's sort of your your record of work. So if you're IMDb, like your, your internet uh, media database, it tells you how popular you are. Now he's only 121, which makes no sense. Because let me show you what he has done. This these are movies that he's made. I'm in this movie right here, it's Phoenix Incident, a great little film, and we should get a link up there so people to see it. I don't know where to see it now, but we do that. But he doesn't television, yes. But look, this is this is when it gets crazy. Video games. Number one, Yakuza. What happened with that? Is, can I talk about that? Is that we talk? Uh, well, uh, so I don't think the cast has been announced in full yet. Okay. Uh, but the game uh, just got announced. It's going to be a launch title coming up uh, on Xbox, and uh, it's been the Yakuza series has been around for probably 15 or 18 years. Uh, this is the first time since the beginning it's ever been done in English. And the Yakuza series is so much fun. It's like this grounded, gritty crime drama mixed with unbelievably crazy over-the-top action. Yeah. And uh, and it came out so, so good. And it's coming out this fall. And uh, there's going to be a whole slew of announcements that are going to be kind of revealing some of the stuff. I don't want to give away too much uh but uh it's something that uh i think it's probably one of my favorite titles of the year it's going to be over the top the problem with my imdb is is that um i think it represents about 10 percent of okay. what i've actually Let me done show it to them okay this is okay this is it right now watch slowly this page goes on forever and this is recent stuff star trek blade runner ghost in the shell tyranny titanfall armored Warfare, Pillars of Eternity, Legend of the Crew, Far Cry, Call of Duty, Warf, I mean, you know, Titan, Batman, Call of Duty Ghost, Saints Row, Deadpool, Metrolet, DMC, Call of Duty Black Ops 2, Transformers, Dark Side, Sleeping the Infect, Spider Man, Ghost Recon, I mean, this goes on, SOCOM, Black Ops 1, Transformers, look at it, goes on and on, my fingers get hurt. This is all the video games you have, and this is 10% of what you've, look at it, it goes on forever. I'm just spinning here. It's just spinning up. 
<laughs> well, and, and the problem is they also have me listed as like a sound engineer or other no. things. Like on one of the Black Ops games, I'm listed as other. Yes. You know, <laughs> I'm not even listed as talent director or anything that's there. Um, so, you know, it's 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 funny. You do have to be careful what you read. One of the things I, that's why I, I when I did my movie, we did our whole viral campaign just to kind of poke fun at the fact that it's hard to always get 100% of the, the facts that are there. And obviously with all the concern about fake news and conspiracy theories and other things, I saw firsthand when I was making my movie, how easy it was to do that. Um, but yeah, I look at IMDB and I'm like, uh, I I got a Keith, yeah. you, you have so much to offer you. So I got to slow you down because, okay, let's talk about Phoenix incidents. This is the stroke of genius. And again, when I speak of you, I speak in glowing terms because you, you deserve it. So basically what Keith is, this film is, well, you explain Phoenix, the Phoenix incident. Um, okay, so, well, I told you about Ascend and, and my wanting to move into films, right, from video games. And most of the books I did, Infects, Ascend, Dead Speed, all this other stuff, big budget movies. And over the past 10, 15 years, the economy had gone down. It's been really difficult for new filmmakers to kind of break out and make a big film as their first film. You usually have to start pretty small. And I had a big film uh, offer coming in after I did Ascend and these other ones. I had a pretty good sized film that I was working on called Frost Road, which I still want to make. Right. And we had a huge fire here at our studios and completely wiped us out. All five studios, the house, everything was was burned and charred and, uh, and smoke damage mainly. And uh, so, and that was 2008, 2009, right when the economy collapsed. So my film went away, my studios went away. I was in the middle of doing Modern Warfare 2 at the time. And I just had to focus on my business. And I kind of stopped all my film stuff, everything else that was there. Um, but by 2010, 2011, 2012, I was rebuilding the studios. The economy's in the toilet. And I said, there's no way I'm going to be able to go out and do my bigger film. So I wrote this small script um, with, uh, with some friends. So I brought in Troy Baker. Travis Willingham, uh, Yuri Lowenthal, Liam O'Brien, and a handful of other uh, talented friends, yourself included. And I wrote this script um, to be this like fake documentary uh, that was sort of like, I wanted to do a Blair Witch kind of found footage film, but I wanted to not just be shackled to one camera. I wanted to make it so I could mix all sorts of footage. So I created this, this script called The Phoenix Incident, and it was sort of based on where I grew up. I grew up in Arizona, and the largest UFO sighting in U.S. history took place in 1997 out in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, where there was a fleet of lights that flew from the Nevada border all the way south across the state, went over Phoenix, closed the airport for a half hour. They scrambled jets, and uh, 30,000 people saw this fleet of lights in the sky and it was like a mile across and they didn't know if it was a ship or multiple ships or what this was um and at the same time uh there was the Hale-Bopp comet that was coming through and then a week later the entire heaven's gate cult who sees this in the sky and the Hale-Bopp comet and they think they see a ship trailing behind this thing the whole cult uh commits suicide in the largest mass suicide in the united states and all that happened within like two weeks of each other so I wrote this story uh, to be about this group of guys that were up in the mountains on their ATVs camping overnight or just out there. They witness this dogfight 
in the sky and they see the military shoot down this craft they think it might be a jet or something that's there and they go to help and it turns out it's aliens and uh, so it becomes a very much a blair witch kind of a uh, a movie uh but we told it sort of as a documentarian who's recovering all this footage and putting this thing together so we shot the movie in 14 days actually it was uh 12 days and then some pickups so it was about 14 days shoot and it was like just over a million bucks that we shot it for and we shot some of it here at my studios in the house here and I you remember, did I remember you're seeing i don't know if you, i i posted it for you so if you if you get a chance i'd love for you to share it um but the idea was is that i wanted these really great performances of these actors to make it seem real like like you're hearing these interviews about these guys that disappeared and all this other stuff and then we get the military footage and we get the found footage and the documentarian puts together the mystery about these guys who were attacked by these aliens um do you have your clip do, can you play that for everybody do you my clip nah it's about, I, 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 it's about I, you this is this is this shows that these people are sick of seeing me we want to we talk about you, man. Like I say, I I've been bragging about you for the week. Again, I I am so I am so I, I am so impressed by what you built and how you built it and the integrity by which you do things. And I, for me, I I try to model. I came to the business late. I came to the business. I was over forty when I started in the business, so I am wow. still learning. And there are certain people like you know like you, Dave Anthony, people who do it at the highest. Like there's nobody better than you at this business. You are you are it. Like I, I've been to dozens of studios, and no one does it as good as you do. In my opinion, you are you you are the Wayne Gretzky of this business in terms of what you do. So and you have so many. Different, so I I try to emulate and learn from people who are much better at things than I am, and I put you in that category. Wow. Um, and you know I put you right there with Dave Anthony. You know Dave was on a couple weeks ago from the show. Yeah. And so I just think that, you know, so we're, I would rather put you up here than me because, you know, I only exist on your film because you had the ability to create this uh, magnetic core and build it out. So I exist because you exist. And that's what I'm moving. Well, what I love, what I love about this community and, and where we come from is that like, and it's really interesting working in film because it's such a different experience coming from my background in, in doing games and other things. Uh, Cause I started as a musician. I was, you know, I was a recording artist, you know, and with biohazard and contagion and just playing music and, you know, touring and doing stuff. And the whole time we're on tour, I'm at the back of these tour buses playing video games. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. when I got involved in games, you realize that it's this collaborative effort, right? Because, you know, I might have an idea for something, someone else might have an idea, an art director has an idea, a level designer has an idea, everyone has an idea. And instead of uh, a singular vision that you see in, as a film director, you have this collaborative vision as a team. And you have to be able to integrate with those other elements because there's so much that is out of your control. But at the same time, you want to have the artistic continuity of a singular vision. and that's what really separates the really good games from the mediocre games is that when you we can have a team that can come together and you have creative people that are allowed to do what they do really well and that's where i think the success comes in and and, and you see a lot why a lot of these guys work together for so many many yeah. years yeah 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 sure no so that's what i love and and that's as a director when you're working with you know amazing actors like yourself you need that 
rapport because when you know there's an actor can go somewhere and as a director you need that that is where that relationship on camera comes to life because you have an actor who's super skilled a director who's trying to you know get something out of their head and and be able to do that and then that relationship comes together on film or in in the case of a video game and that's where you see the magic and and i think in all the years that i've been working um that family of actors and and people that's why we work so closely with the acting community and with the unions and other people to make this a sustainable business for us because creatively it's hard to make a living at what we do because there's other people who profit from what we do in much bigger numbers than what we get paid to do the work. Oh, we don't get rituals and royalties and other things. Don't for the get work. me started, man. <laughs> I know, I know. And it's not meant to be political, but it's like we love what we do. And so as a community, I think this is like so important that, you know, for years and years and years, we're going to get to work on projects together. And that's, that's what I love. And that's why, you know, we continue to, you know, to, to hang out and do things together because we want to keep working and, and, and creating. Cool. So listen, if you don't mind, I want to open it up. I want Let's do let's it. See. I want to do, I want to open up some questions now. We have a lot of questions. All right. So let's do a, Seth, throw me your questions, boys. What we got out here. Let's see. No, not that. At a thousand, <laughs> you know what I'm gonna do? I'm going to I'm gonna invite people on the show because I know there's a lot of people who want to say hi to you. You mind taking a few face-to-face -face questions? Go for it. Go for it. Right. Here we go. I'm opening up the uh, chat room. Come on in. Say hi to uh, the legendary Keith Aram. And uh, are, you, are you done with your drink yet? Or you? you, you, you I, I finished that one. I'll I'll go for round two. Yeah. So uh, Master Z wants to know, how did you come up with the ghost betrayal scene in Modern Warfare 2? So on the trailer scene, well, where's the, the question here? I, I, I'm going to move into a live. We're, we're, we're populating here. Let's let's get a, let's get my boy Jantmore. This guy's got a great little stream himself. This is Jantmore. Say hello to Keith Aram. Hey, my friend. Hi. How are you? Oh, my gosh. Hold on. Okay, so I'm going to try to make this quick just before I start, James. After you, you're the boss, as always. You already know. Keith, awesome to be speaking to you right now. I've been wanting to speak to you for a very long time, ever since I started uh, my own little interviews and stuff. I wanted to speak to you because I was looking to speak to someone who was involved with um, Transformers Fall Cybertron. It's one of my all-time favorite video games. I wanted to ask, what was it like working on that project, you know, working with Peter Cullen and, like, some of these most, like, iconic voice actors in the Transformers franchise? Uh, I, War for Cybertron and Fall for Cybertron, Fall for Cybertron were so much fun because we weren't shackled by the movies. We actually had this great universe to, that to play in that now is, you know, they're now Netflix and everybody else is starting to do animated shows with it. Um, it was super important for me to get a lot of the original actors from the original show involved, Greg Berger and, and definitely Peter. Peter and I became really, really, really good friends as a result of working on that, that together. And we've since done other projects together and some of my personal stuff that he's working on. Peter, by the way, I just, I gotta just, just to celebrate that guy. Um, he's in the studio 
and I, I hope this is okay to share. Um, he's in the studio, yes. he's signing paperwork. We do we do one of our sessions. He's out in the lobby out here. This is our mixed studio where we recorded all the, the dialogue. And he's out there and he starts making this sound uh, with his voice. And, and I know he does other voices. He does like Eeyore for uh, Winnie the Pooh and he does a lot of other things, but he starts making this sound and it sounds exactly, I'm not talking a little bit, it sounds exactly like the Predator from Predator, right? And I'm like, and he goes, ah, da, da, da. it has that sound, that really cool clicky sound. And mind you, I worked on, I did all the sound design for Alien versus Predator for the, for the video games. And I did all the sounds and I had the whole library from Fox and the whole library from, uh, um, everything like all, all the uh, the alien stuff with the pulse rifles all their alien sounds amazing sound and i also got the stuff from predator and i asked the guys at fox i said how did they do this predator sound because it's so unique and they're like oh i think it's some rare uh, uh woodpecker or something like that and i'm like okay you know whatever you know we use sound you know of animals whatever and here peter cullen's in my lobby and he's making that same sound but it's exact and i look at him i go I go, that's a really good predator sound. And he looks at me and he goes, and I said, no, 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 no. And he goes, yep. He was in a loop group. He did that sound while they were doing the wall of voices for the movie. And the producers heard him make that sound. They pulled it from the movie. And that's Peter Cullen making the sound of the predator. And I mean, to hear that story from Peter, is like I, I mean I don't get me wrong I love Transformers I love the game but to, to have Peter Cullen tell you that story personally is like just is mind blowing um, that's what I love man it's just like it's like you know that game has such great memories because it's all the actors on that that game were so much fun and uh, so thank you for 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 bringing that one up because that that is a game that does not get as much love as it deserves absolutely I can hundred percent agree I love that series. Um, well, I know a lot of people want to get on, Keith. Thank you so much for your time. I hope to be able to speak to you again one day. James, you the boss. You already know. I will talk to you soon. Right, look, and, uh, man. Get the I'll fuck off my around. channel. Oh, get out of here. Get off my channel. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks for the support. All right, who's next? Let's go. Um, Alec Rhodes, my boy. How you doing, Gee. Alec? Hey. Oh. Oh, I'm back again. Oh, all right. So first up, what's up, James and Keith? You there. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. How you doing? Okay, okay. All right. So some glitch in here. Hey, let me let me get this straightened away. Okay. Okay. You good? All right. There we go. You want to, Alex? There, you go. there he is. Hey, handsome. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So Keith, uh, it's crazy, but thank you. Like you've worked on so many games, like. I looked at the IMDb and you said it might not be that accurate, but it's crazy. And Ghost Recon Future Soldier, that's one of my favorite games. MW2. But I think one game I want to ask you about is Sleeping Dogs. I think ah, that is. Thank I you. love that game. That's I love the game. So just like the last guy, like, what was it like working on that? Because I love it, but I don't know so much about the back, you know, how it got made. So just like, that's um, one of my favorites. So. So uh, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about a story about that one. So um, so that game was originally, so I did all, uh, I, I've worked on, I don't know how many games for Activision, uh, obviously 11 of the Call of Duty games, but I did all the Spider-Man games, the Transformer games like we talked about. Um, I did all the Tony Hawk games and all their libraries. So I was their kind of guy working with 
uh, all their talent, doing all the performance, doing a lot of sound design, everything else. But for the most part, I, uh, especially after our fire, really got involved in just focused on directing. And uh, they had been working on a game called True Crime Hong Kong. And I was offered to direct that one. And we had our fire that I told you guys about. And so I lost the project. I, I couldn't work on it. So uh, after two years, we rebuilt the studios. I was working on some other things. I was just starting to get Phoenix Incident going, some other things. And I got a call from Activision saying, hey, um, we've been working on this game for a couple of years and we're going a different direction. Would you come back in and redirect what we've already done? So I was like, okay. And, you know, and so they wanted to recast. They wanted me to come in and redirect, but they'd already done all this motion capture and some other stuff. And this new team that was up in uh, Canada, uh, United Front Games, and so took a look at the game, loved it, thought it was amazing. Um, but it, they just needed, they needed some love and, and some other things. So one of the guys uh, who was one of the side characters was this up and coming actor named Will Young Lee. And Will had been in a couple of some really good parts. Uh, now he's everywhere. I mean, if you altered carbon, good doctor, all these other things, I just brought him in. He's, he just got announced on Yakuza. I just brought him in on Yakuza, but um, I looked at this guy and I said, that guy, that's your lead. And everyone's like, what? He's just a side guy. And I'm like, nope, that's your lead. And I brought him in, uh, Ron Yuan, who was uh, one of the guys from the Matrix uh, team that did all the stunt choreography. He's one of the main guys in the new Mulan film and he's in a ton of great films. Ron, Byron Man, all these other guys, these amazing actors. I just kind of moved around some new actors and brought in some new guys and, uh, and then and then also focused on the cast of the guys that were really good already on board. And uh, I worked with Activision for about six months or so. And by that point, the game was already too far gone. They, they had already made a decision to shut down the game. So they shut it down, but the game was coming out amazing, but no one had really seen any of the work that I had done because we'd been working only for like six months and none of the stuff I had done had gotten implemented. So game went away. And the team from United Front Games called me about six months, a year later, and they said, hey, look, um, we've got another publisher interested in the game. Uh, it, would you come on back board, uh, on board the project to direct everything if we could sell it and get funding for it? And I'm like, absolutely. So I flew up, met with them. Uh, the game got restructured as Sleeping Dogs. We rewrote the script because uh, it was going in a different direction at the time. Uh, wrote it, and then the rest is history. And we did—we created a whole bunch of new technology for it. So all the performances we did here, we did a new thing called vocap, where we brought in—I don't know if you can see these—but these headsets. Um, I developed those with Jim Cameron's team uh, that was working on Avatar, and uh, my friend Sam Worthington helped me kind of with some insight onto it. Will and Ron and the whole cast wore those, so we actually performed it together as a cast which is very unique for video games because usually uh, unless we're on a mocap set, we have to record these things by them, you know, all the actors individually. And uh, I think we got just amazing, amazing performances on the game. And I thought the story was super cool. And then I went to Hong Kong and I recorded a lot of the ancillary cast there. We got a lot of the authentic Chinese and Hong Kong actors on board. And I think as a game that, you know, if you've seen a movie like um, Infernal Affairs or The Departed, which was you know based on that, this was trying to capture that in a video game and and sleeping dogs is absolutely one of my favorite games for that and uh and will and ron and byron and the whole cast we've remained really good friends and i've been trying to bring as many of them on to yakuza and other games too because uh, I, I think that uh, having a strong asian cast is important 
I'm going to slow you down because you can talk all day about anything, but okay. I, got, I got 20 people lined up and want to talk to you. <laughs> I'm here for you guys, whatever you guys Alec, want. Get off my, Alec, I'm kicking you off. Get off my, get all off right. my, all thank, right. you. All right. thank you. Thanks. Thanks, right. Shane. Good stuff. Oh, who's next? Let's go. Um, oh, here's, <laughs> come on, Dewey. Say hi, buddy. Hi, how you doing? doing, Jamie? You remember me? I remember you, brother. I remember this. You're from Saudi Arabia, right? Yeah, Middle East. Middle nice. East. Middle Brooklyn is what you Look at little Keith there. Look at that bald, beautiful boy. He's a sober, hardworking man. Why aren't you like him? Every time I see him, you got a bottle in your fucking hand. <laughs> Believe me, people ask me all the time, why aren't I more like Keith Aram? I said, there's only one Keith Aram. What can I do? At <laughs> least build up this James C personality. You got running away, huh? Eh, well, you know. So, you had a question for Keith? Uh, how did six armed men in Modern Warfare 2 get past all that airport security, Keith? Answer me. Uh, that was a setup, man. No, actually, I... I yeah, no, so I, I think that, uh, you know, what's what's amazing about the, the franchise is that um, there's, I mean, obviously so many people, like, look at it and, and will ask questions about sort of the content. For me... Uh, I politely step out of any of the sort of uh, content structure of what's there uh, to be there. Like for me, like by the time I get involved, all of that is already set in stone. Uh, you know, I come in and I'm working with the talent and the performers that are that are doing stuff. So uh, I kind of sidestep any of the controversy that's there. I, I know once like I tried to talk a little bit about some of the way we did some stuff on uh, on. Uh, uh, no Russian and a couple other things, and I just got my my tail bit off. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna step out of anything that's creative there and talk about how we did it. But uh, uh, the nice thing is is that you know a lot of these games and especially those are, are coming back around again and still very relevant. So I love that people are looking and reanalyzing the stuff that we're, we worked on and said like, what did you mean when you did this? And they're like, ah, yeah. <laughs> what, what do you think? I just say I just say the lines. I hit my mark and I say my lines. It's okay. <laughs> we have to be very careful in our jobs. We have to be very, very careful. All right, Dwish, I'm gonna cut you off, man. Great seeing you today. All right, thank you, man. All right. Sorry. More. All right. He's off to the soup. What else are we bringing on? How about let's go? Hala, he's my girl. How you doing? How you doing, kid? How you feeling today? I'm good. How are you? She's from the Emirates, by the way. Nice. So, hey, are yeah. you watching or are you just listening today? Um, both. Uh, I just came here to ask a question Great. for you both. And it is, uh, what's something you learned from each other while uh, working together? That was a good question. Yeah, you go first, my brother. I've been doing all the talking. Um, I think what he just said, the idea that it is not my place to, uh, you know, my job is to make the line work, not to rewrite the line. My job is to make it work, find a way to make it, because it's until they hire, number one, they're not paying me to write, so why should I put the effort in? And number two, it's disrespectful. So I learned a lot of that from Keith where, oh yeah, just make it work, man. And my job as an, an actor, an artist, is to make that line work no matter how badly written it might be my job is to make it work 
That, and I, I got a lot, and I, I, I learned a lot of that from Keith's professionalism, how he handled some of the people in the room. Because a lot of times you get four or five people in the room and they all have a different idea. And so the idea is how do we make the line work? So Keith's professionalism is something he rubbed off me quite a bit. One of the things that's really interesting, and I'll answer that question in a little bit, but just to kind of follow up with what you just said, is that I think for a lot of actors who who get into video games, like when you see what happened to Troy, right? And Troy goes into Last of Us, like Troy Baker goes into Last of Us and suddenly, you know, there's a celebrity around that. And that's obviously what a lot of actors aspire to be is to have this amazing role or Nolan in Uncharted, right? Where the actor and the character are very much the same. And, and your character obviously in, in Black Ops is very iconic of you, which is which is very rare to be honest. Like a lot of times the voice and the character are separate, but you really own your character, which is amazing. And, um, but a lot of actors, when they get in, they're, they're fighting against that because they want that role, but they're playing soldier number two or they're doing you know red shirt number five and they don't realize that as a as an actor working in video games um you're kind of like and this sounds like a bad analogy but you're like a session player who's going to come and work on an orchestra mm -hmm. because you're coming in to a set with other trained professionals you're going to sight read the performance in one or two takes and you're going to take your instrument and you're going to perform it on a big thing in one or two takes and then you're going to move on and it's not your job to rewrite the music it's not your job to change what it is it's it, the idea is be part of an orchestra and perform and it, i think as an actor if you can learn how to do that then you're bringing your skill to a bigger picture and then eventually you'll get a lead instrument and a lead part in this but that's how a lot of actors actually are are these really high very well-trained session players um but what's interesting and this is something i wanted to say about something i learned from you which is really interesting james was that like we were in the middle of a mocap uh scene where you were rehearsing i don't i won't mention his name but we were working with a celebrity and there was a some fight choreography that was going on and i was i had my sound team that was there so we had obviously microphones on you guys uh, and we needed to know for placement wise where the equipment's gonna go so it doesn't get destroyed if you guys are rolling around on the ground doing some stuff, but also from a performance standpoint, how you're gonna go into doing that. And it was interesting, I came over and and when you guys were practicing, there was a moment where you guys were rolling around and it 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 wasn't it wasn't uh, embarrassing, but it was like it, it could have been taken that you guys weren't fighting. It, it looked like it, maybe a romantic scene was going on for a second because you guys were rehearsing. And you and I looked at each other and gave each other like a smile or a glance and you said something very funny. And the celebrity got really offended. He got really mad and not because of the compromising position. It was the fact that I was there intruding. He didn't know who I was at the time because I hadn't worked with him yet. And he got really mad that I was there intruding in this actor's moment of you guys blocking the scene. But I needed to see it for a technical and creative reason. And you really coolly, calmly just turned to him and be like, hey man, he's cool, he's director, he's doing this kind of stuff, he needs to be able to do this kind of thing. And it was, it was so cool because you just stood up to him, right? Because he was being very childish about his reaction right? I wasn't interfering, wasn't doing anything else like that. And, and if anything, I was just appreciating the fact that you guys were having fun. And I thought that was so cool and so bold to, because obviously, A, he's a celebrity, B, he was being childish and you just kind of put him in his place. And I didn't have to 
defend anything that's there. You did that. And I, I, I thought that was one of the coolest things I've ever seen on set, just to have someone go toe to toe. Cause you've seen the Christian Bale recordings and other things go out and you hear people throwing temper tantrums on, on set. And sometimes they're justified and sometimes they're not, but this one was like, Hey, we're all working together here. I'm not trying to step on your creative mojo and to see another performer step up for someone like that. That was, that was super important. So I still remember that. It's amazing how things that we do naturally just take for granted and other people receive like that, that would never occur to me that that was something out of the ordinary. Like it's like, this is, you know, for me, I'm from a team, I'm a hockey coach. I was a team guy and like, no, no, wait, this is, this is for the benefit of the team. Like you, we're all, this, we all have a job to do. Like I know my job here. And it's interesting you say that because that's something that that's not extraordinary, but that's like, that's as it should be like, no, 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 no. This yeah. is, he's going to make it better. Bring this guy in. I, I really appreciate you said that. I, I hadn't, I didn't know that. And I really appreciate you said that. Thank you. Yeah. That's, and that's the thing is that like what, and that's what I, what I love about this is that everyone brings their own experiences, their own mannerisms, their own way. And that negotiation that happens on every line in every game and every movie is this connection between a, a, a performer and a director and, and, and you share and you get things both ways. And I think that works you know in front of the camera and behind it. So. Hala, thanks. We're going to move on. Good. Thank you for checking in. Hala. Thank you. Great question. Great question, by the way. Thank you very much for asking my question. Thank you. Thanks sure. Thank you. All right. Who's next? Let's see. Let's get. Listen. This is my. Uh, this is my LT. This is a guy who helps me run everything. This is uh, Narks. He's my. He's my second in command for the channel. Let's get him on. And say hi. He kind of comes out here and sticks with us and says hi. Let's say get a question for Keith Aram here. Yes, I do, Keith. I do got a question for you. All right. So. Silent Hill, Shattered Memories. <laughs> yeah. If you could change one thing, if possible, and keep other things, what would that have been? Oh, if boy. <laughs> one thing? I'm only limited to one thing? <laughs> I'll, do, I'll, I'll do you one better. Two things. <laughs> no, I mean, I'll, I mean I'll, be, I'll be kind of super vague about it. So, um, we so that was one of the projects so when i was um, when we had our fire here um i was asked to come in and and re-record a lot of that stuff uh mm -hmm. that was it had been done originally and then we came back in to be able to do another round of that and so i actually had to leave here and i had to go to another studio to work there and so the part of the problem was was that there were so many people involved in that project that uh creatively there wasn't really I think uh, a, a lot of uniformity that we normally have on a project. So I think a lot of the stuff was kind of all all over the place on that. No disrespect to the project. I mean, obviously the project is what it is. And I think the franchise is, is super cool. Um, I, I didn't feel that uh, any of us were super connected to be able to achieve what we wanted to do creatively on that. Um, and I think that... Uh, um, to be honest, I didn't even get to play through all the stuff that we did because it was in such pieces and, and, and it was been, it had been done at other studios in addition to what we were there. So sometimes I'm credited for some of the stuff and it's not necessarily stuff that I would take credit for. And that, again, it's no disrespect to the project. It just doesn't reflect on who I am as a director because a lot of that stuff wasn't me. Um, but, uh, 
taking credit for it and being on it. Um, yeah, I think I think uh, I think what I would have done better would be have a little bit more creative control over that in the performances and the script and making sure that that was a little bit more consistent. Uh, so it would reflect better on the franchise long, long term. Still love it. And I, and I hope, you know, people out there still do, and I still get a lot of fan mail for it, but it's, uh, it, it wasn't something that I felt as connected to as I have on other projects. So right. I'm going to leave you on, but I'm going to move on to, you got a lot of people lining up here. So let's move on Lion dog, you hear? Hey, buddy. Where's your Where's that pretty face, man? Get out! Get out! Get out of my channel! What are you doing? All right, so you must have gone to the bathrooms. Fine, we'll move on to you. Lightning bolt, you're on. Speak. Bolt. Uh, hold on, hold on. There we go. Sorry. <laughs> uh, hey, what's What's going on? Uh, hey, yeah. So anyway, um, yeah. So, like, I got a question for you, uh, James. All right. If I were, like, DM you um, uh, my cosplay of, like, Woods from Cold War, would you feature it on your Insta? From Cold War? No way. Yeah. Not Cold War. I'm not, I'm not in Cold War. Black Ops 1, Black Ops 2, Black Ops 4. Black yeah. Black Ops 4. Yeah. I, I might get into it. Oh, but uh, but my cosplay is kind of based off of uh, the outfit you have in in That's Nicaragua it. and in in Panama, but Lightning. without the face paint. Yeah, Lightning. what's up? You send me a picture if it, if it if it meets the criteria, I'll make it happen. That's all. Okay. All right. Cool. Give me a preview. I'll let you know. I'm gonna move on, buddy. Okay. All right. All right. Let's get. There's a date. It's the. It's uh. Let's see. Albert Kazarian. Come on out, man. Albert, where are you? Oh, James. Get, get out here okay. Here Moving on. Oh, I got. Oh. Josh Brown. Get on and say hi. How you doing, Josh? Yo, what's up? Is my hey, mic working? Yeah, we get, we got you. All right. Okay, so I got a question for both the uh, Frank and Keith. All right. If you guys weren't doing what you're doing now. Like, the, if the career you're doing right now just didn't exist at all, what would you be doing Ooh. instead? Oh, man. Oh, boy. That's a good one. Because, uh, Keith, you mentioned magician a while ago, so I'm curious now. <laughs> a magician? Did I a say that? Musician. Like a musician. Musical. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I was, a magician would definitely no, would suck. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I started in music. Um, I was going to be you know, touring and, and doing that for years. I got into doing film scoring and then I started doing games. I did a, my first game was uh, Battletech, which became Mech Warrior, And then I did a game called Earthworm Jim. And then I did uh, Tony Hawk and all the music for all these early games. And then I just got into doing sound effects and dialogue and other things. So I think I would probably go back to music if, if I wasn't directing right now, I would probably be back doing that. I, I miss, writing that there was a there's a really cool video game if you haven't seen uh uh metal arms um i've heard of it i think that one was a lot of fun it's a really hard to find game but uh, i got to write the script for it direct it do all the sound effects and do the music on it Damn. And, uh, so uh games like that are kind of fun because you get to do everything you get to fire on all cylinders and be able to play nice hmm. all right thanks man we're gonna move on thanks for the question good question me, I have no idea. I, I can't even think like that. I don't know. 
I have no other life skills. <laughs> I have no idea what I would do next. I have. Terrifies me to think that way. So I'm not going to. All right, Josh, get the hell off my channel. Goodbye. Y'all have a good one. Take care, brother. See you. All right, he's removed. Let's who's who's next? Let's see. Day Dog, come on and say hi. Hey. No, oh, I get a little bit of a glitch here. Hang on. We're getting back. My computer's running a little bit glitchy. It's the internet. Yeah. Well, no, because when I get backed up like this, uh, yeah, I get when I get about like fifteen or twenty people backed up. It gets hard to get everybody. Here we go. All right, yeah. Dave, you're in somewhere. Are you? All right, you're in. Dave, there, you there we go, Dave man. Dogs, took you long enough. <laughs> man, how you doing, man? Okay, let's see. What to start first? Well, like that other, the first guy that got on about Transformers. Yeah. Wow. I've been a big fan of that. And um, the movie, I uh, can't remember if it was Dark Side of the Moon or the one before that, but I did not know James was in Transformers. When were you going to say this, James? Well, no, I have a very small. Keith did the video games of Transformers. I was in the movie. I have a very small part. I play uh, part of uh, President Security Detail in Air Force One. Um, Gets his ass kicked. <laughs> it's the scene where uh, the Decepticon is trying to infiltrate the Pentagon computers by being at Air Force One. Oh, I shot two and a half weeks. I had four lines. They all got cut out. I got I spent two and a half weeks at 23 seconds of ice time in the movie. Just me right now and yelling, uh, uh, Team 102, uh, POTUS is secure. Move on to section number three and four. All this technical jargon, and they cut it all out, and they put two tall blondes in instead. So it was, it was a great gig for me. It was one of uh, working with Michael Bay was amazing. Great director. I got to work with SEAL Team Five. We just got out of rotation, and then they taught me a lot about um, weapons handling and about just military parlance. And then it was I had the greatest Michael Bay moment ever. We're sitting there, and uh, the military consultant was was he came over to Mike, and he had these two tall blondes. Very good looking girls and not very bright though. And they and so the military consultant he goes, and Mike, not just for it's like, not only with these two girls not being the military, you know, not qualified for a duty in Air Force One, but they wouldn't even be in the military. And Michael Bay goes, They're in my military. Because I I, I make this for the kid in Iowa. I don't care about it. And I had a line that goes like Potus is a cure, one, two, three. He goes, James, what are you doing? What, what, what is POTUS? And then Mike guy came over. Like, like, I, I told him to say that that's the proper uh, you know, verbiage for you. He goes, Mike goes, no, 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 no. Say the president. I don't make this for you. I make this for the kid in Iowa. Jim, say the president. And that was, that's, Michael Bay is so specific. He knows what he's doing. He makes, he makes the movies he wants to make. And I, I have no respect for that. His vision is clear. So. I don't know. Wow. And okay, for Keith, which of the Transformers games that you have done, which one was your favorite doing? I mean, it's a toss up. I mean, those two were the main two that I did uh, War for Cybertron and Fall. I think War for Cybertron, uh, just a little bit more because we were really spending a lot of time building and, and establishing the characters and finding out what this war is. By the time we did Fall for Cybertron, uh, we already kind of knew where we were at and just having fun and being able to kind of continue that. But I think 
creatively, war was a little bit more fulfilling for us. Um, and then that team, uh, which is such a great team, we went off and did uh, Deadpool together and some and uh, other things on Call of Duty. Um, so that was a really fun time, and I really bonded with that team on War for Cybertron. So I think I have better better memories from War than anything else. That that's pretty cool. And for, like since I've been such a fan of Transformers, I've already I've tried and practiced doing a voice, and I've I swear I've gotten better with uh, Megatron's voice from like. 1984, that version. Well, let's hear it. I mean, let's hear it. All right. <clears throat> I am leader of the Decepticons. Soundwave, go eliminate Ratchet and go find Optimus Prime. Well, there no, you. let me get Optimus Prime. He's my target. Dude, you should be a That's voice so actor, man. There you go. That's awesome. That, by the way, that voice is just so hard to sustain because you hear all that air that you have to do that's going over your cords to do that. The yeah. tough part about War for Cybertron and Fall of Cybertron is that if you look at the script, it's essentially Call of Duty. Like and what we did with Battle Chatter, it oh, is War for Cybertron Fall. It's all screaming. So to take that voice with all that air and that raspiness and then be yelling and doing battle chatter is brutal. Yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't know if I can do that. It's that's, hard. It's, I mean, your throat we, would be dead. We teach uh, technical acting classes for uh, uh, for actors to learn how to sustain that because battle chatter, when you're doing stuff with your throat like that, is one of the hardest things you can do. And the poor actors that have to do like orcs from Lord of the Rings and that kind of stuff, doing an accent with your throat and then yelling is just like, brutal and so there's such respect for actors who can do that yeah, yeah. all right before hey, i go i'm gonna kick you oh, off one last thing last thing i gotta say this <clears throat> james c burns you will die today as megatron his final words are <laughs> goodbye <laughs> frank woods was all never right. a good soldier Thanks, thanks for threatening me. Thanks for threatening me on my channel there. There you uh, go. Hey, brother, thanks for yeah, it wasn't me. It was Megatron, buddy. Megatron, I got you. Take care, buddy. Get off my channel. Yeah. Buddy. All right, man. All right, have a good one. Let's see, we got uh, here. This dog, you're back. Well, what's the baby? Are we? Are we drinking? Are we drinking? We're drinking. Yeah, we're drinking. Now, huh? oh, yeah. All right. There you go. There you go. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Here you go, man. <laughs> uh, hey, hey. Coach, yeah. toast to the dog, man. Toast to the dog. All right. <coughs> What's hey. up? What's up, lion dog? Seems a different day, you know. Yeah, I know. I have a question for you. Um, as someone that's not in the Future as as a twenty two year old and, and disabled, which means I can do a lot of weird shit, right? <laughs> um, I I can, but with my voice, right? And it's a good thing and a bad thing. It's a curse and I guess you know where would I work to get in the field? Oh, yeah. Getting to be able to work into video games or voiceover. Yeah. So, so I think there's there's actually a, a number of things. Actually, it's interesting that you bring that up. I think that 
um, with casting and, and like, you know, we were talking about sleeping dogs a little while ago for me, like being authentic yes. in casting yeah. is super important, especially nowadays. Right. And, and I think that you're seeing that in all facts uh, walks of life, right? You're seeing it with the black lives matter movement. You're seeing that with how women are portrayed in games and in film, you're seeing that with the LGB community. And I think for, for someone who's disabled, who obviously, you're going to have a different speech pattern. You're going to have different right. things that that are obviously going to distinguish you from other actors. But a, I think it would be uh, incorrect and and impolite and and offensive to have someone who is an abled actor to be able to do a disabled person's voice right. in a game, and to not have someone who's disabled properly in a game or in a movie would be a disservice not just to you but the whole community that's there. And I think that um, now that we are coming to a, especially you're seeing with what's happening in the election and other things that, you know, like people need to be represented properly, especially in our industry. And so if you have a passion for this, I mean, the one thing I would say is um, that's not a, a, a free pass card to get in either. I mean, you still have to work hard. You still have to right. try, you still have to do everything that's there. But I think, uh, and I even saw casting, I think just recently, uh, not a project we were working on, but uh, some friends were, were um, being asked about it for specifically someone who is disabled and, and wanting to be able to have that representation in games. So I think um, while there's obviously it's it's tough for so many ethnicities and other people to be represented properly, people who are disabled, I think, need to be represented. And there might not be a ton of roles, but um, uh, who was who was the uh, gentleman who was in um, Breaking Bad? The son was, was he was the same. Oh uh, yeah, but I get compared to that motherfucker all the time. But that was amazing, right? I know. He was a great actor, yeah. and he was And I thought that they the way that they did that, at least from an audience perspective, I thought that was really powerful. And yeah. so I think that's something that you may want to consider and look into, and make yourself available and look at you know that that kind of training to get into that. Whenever I um, go advertise and put, put myself out there. So, well, COVID doesn't make things easy right now, right. you can imagine. Uh, but uh, where are you Where are you based out of, by the way? Are you? Jersey, baby. Jersey. I, I, I can reframe that. COVID has given you tons of opportunity because, number one, you have time. And what you need to do is, from my side of this, you got to build a reel. You got to yeah. get. You got to you got to show what you're doing. You got to show how you do it. And you yes. got to get the best versions of yourself in one minute. And right now, you have time to build that. So I would spend this whatever time free you have now, because no one's doing this. Everyone is is, is being defeated by this. Mm -hmm. It's it's your opportunity. This is exactly what I was going to say. Because because right now it's hard for us to get together in studio and work together like this. So it's the best time right now to be working on you. And and some actors I know get frustrated by that. They're like, hey, I, you know, I, I so many actors wanted to move out to Los Angeles and get into these studios and do stuff. And it's like, you know, that's cool. We're all in this storm together. So right now, exactly what what James has said is. Work on a reel. If you want to do on camera, put yourself on camera. If you want to do voiceover, record a, a demo. It doesn't have to be more than 60 seconds. And if it's voices or you want to do characters, like especially for video games, try to do small phrases and do like a minute's worth of recording, a demo reel of, of doing different characters, right? Because uh, you're not going to hide who you are. You want to embrace who you are. No, and yeah. 
that I'm in Kyoto. But personally, that's I know where um, I went for be supposed to be in the wheelchair driving Mercedes, and you know, I, James can tell you, uh, I'm a nightclub promoter by night and a college student by day, so life is good. You know, I love who I am. Sometimes I abuse it a little bit, especially when I get pulled over by the police. Oh my God, I think it's out of jail car. I'm going to put you to the side. You can stand the I got to get some more people on because we have, we've had Keith for an hour and a half and he's got to eat dinner at some point. So uh, I'll be quiet. I can get a few more people on here. Nola, get out of here, you you southern bastard. You, how you doing, my brother? Yeah, dude, you're muted. You're muted, man. Oh, and he's muted again. All right, where are you, brother? We'll get man. you. Oh, he's muted. Try now, man. How are you? Yeah, we can. Oh. Oh. Figure it out. I'm going to bring Corsi. <laughs> hey, Corlation, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. How you doing? You know, you're talking to Keith Aram here. We only got him for another few minutes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Can you? Not oh. much, you? Oh, it's the internet. It's good to actually meet you guys. How you guys been? Really good, man. How you doing? Oh, that's good. I'm doing good, thank you. Um, so Keith, I have a question for you. Um, I saw that you worked on um Far Cry um Instincts. I was wondering, like, how your experience was with that. So I got brought on to. So I've worked on uh three of the Far Cry games. And on Instincts, uh, what was interesting, I've got a great relationship with the guys from Red Storm. And Red Storm, because we've done uh, Ghost Recon together and a number of games. We did the Star Trek stuff together and uh, their uh, Werewolves games and, and just one of my favorite, favorite teams. And they were coming in to do the multiplayer part of uh, Far Cry. And since we had done so much of that from Ghost Recon and other projects together, uh, that was how that started. And so um, the story side was being done either in Montreal or I forget where that was being done at the time. And we did all the other stuff here in Los Angeles. And so um, I didn't have a lot of interaction with the other team. It was mainly with the, with the Red Storm guys and a pretty short project. It was a lot of dialogue. You figure oh, yeah. a TV show has about, 300 lines of dialogue and a movie has about 1500 lines of dialogue. I think that game, there was like 30,000 lines of dialogue. So it was a lot of, a lot of fun stuff, but uh, the best part of that game obviously is just working with those guys. Those, those teams are so much fun to work with. And uh, we went off and we did uh, uh, one of the ghost recon games that never came out. It was before advanced uh, Warfighter. It was, I don't even know what the name of it was, but the game got shut down after 40,000 lines of dialogue. But honestly, that was one of the most fun experiences working on a video game because we had such crazy stories coming out of the studio and, and the teams were just, you know, every day we were having a blast in the studio. So uh, Ubisoft and that whole family of, 
of uh, companies um, all kind of change around and everyone moves around. We have a joke in the industry that says you never leave the game industry. You just change booths at E3. <laughs> and, uh, and that's what happens, you know? We just keep playing and working together. <laughs> and that's what happens. So, but that was, that was, a, that was a, that's a good team and a good franchise. Core, the new one too. The new one looks great. Core, I'm going to move on. Yeah. I get people said, thank you for sticking out as long as yeah. Come back, right. hey, come back and talk later on. Bye-bye. Let's go. Uh, oh, here we go. I got to add my boy. All right. This is uh, Gerard. He's got himself called the Off the Hours Podcast. He's also a, a, a championship archer. He may what? represent Ireland in the Olympics coming up. His name is what? Gerard. Say hi to Keith. Hi, Keith. Nice to meet you. Um, nice you know, you. With a guy like you, it's hard to know what to ask you because you've, you've done a lot, you know? I want to ask um, you, man. You're a, you're an Olympic archer. I just bought my first crossbow, and I'm like loving this thing. But like, I can't imagine competing like with archery on a on an Olympian level like that. That's that's respect, man. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you, but uh, I think I think your one's a lot cooler. Um, <laughs> mine's a bit repetitive. And um, and you can also take out zombies, man. Like I I just there get you go. games. You get to do it for real. Well, hopefully not, but maybe. Well, yeah, hopefully not. Um, but yeah, you, you got to work with all these companies, done all these games and movies and so on. Um, how did you even get into the industry? Like, is this originally what you wanted to do or did you fall into the career? Um, a, a little bit of both. I've been playing games since I was a kid. I've always loved video games and, uh, I used to love art. I used to love writing. I used to love, uh, movie effects and I love music and I, and I did all those things as a kid. And when I was 17, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to Los Angeles. I'm going to get a record deal. And my parents were like, yeah, 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 whatever. You know, get a degree, have a business degree, something to fall back mm -hmm. on. And uh, so at 17, 18, I moved out to California. I went to school. And my school had a big recording studio. And I was getting my degree in music and, and audio engineering. And every night, I'd bring all my gear in and I'd record all my demos for my music. And so I started sending out to record companies because back then, you know, you know, it's still expensive now, but back then it was really expensive. So to have this million dollar studio at my school was great. So every night I was recording demos and doing stuff and I'd send it into the record companies during the day in between my classes. And uh, halfway through my freshman year, I got my first record contract with IRS Records. And and they were like offering a big record deal and touring. And my parents freaked out. They're like, you are not dropping out of school. We're going to cut you off. And, you know, if you do this. And so they scared me straight. And uh, and so I, I, I had to turn down this big record deal. And uh, But the record companies thought that I was playing hard to get because I turned mm -hmm. out a record deal with IRS Records. And so by the time I was a senior, I had about, like literally I'd had like 40 record deals. And so we had That's a big impressive. deal with me, a deal with Capitol Records, a deal with Interscope. And uh, I, I'll never forget this. I was going back for Christmas to see my folks. And I said, mom, like, I promise you I'm going to graduate. Just let me take this record deal. I'm begging my parents to take a record deal. Yeah. And so the day I graduated, I signed with Capitol Records and I started, I was in uh, this band Biohazard. We became Contagion. And uh, and then, but the whole time we're on tour, I'm playing video games on tour buses. And I got off a of tour and a friend of mine was working at Sony and they were working on this, uh, this new console called the PlayStation. <laughs> And uh, he wanted me to get involved with some production teams before mm -hmm. that. They were still doing stuff on the Sega Genesis and other things. And that was where I did uh, Battletech. And then I ended up doing uh, um, all the stuff for uh, Earthworm Jim and a lot of early games. And then that was it. I just fell in love with games and the rest is history. 
Cool. That's got to be a dream job. That is so cool. It is definitely a, a, a wonderful. Congrats wonderful. on getting to this point. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Gerard, I'm going to leave you up here. I'm going to bring uh, Nola Gardner in. Hey, Alex, how you doing, man? Hey, man, look, I got hey. a laptop this time. Look, you calling me a Southern bastard, that just made my week. <laughs> <laughs> I love, love your work. Look, I always tell James every time I see him that, you know, I'm from Louisiana. We have crawfish boils all the time during crawfish season. Y'all come down after COVID. Look, y'all are definitely invited to come over to my house have a really traditional crawfish boil. That's awesome. What the hell is yeah, I'm not here to take up a bunch of time. Crawfish boil. You don't know what crawfish is. What? I'm Irish. What is, what, what is that? It's like a lobster, but really small. And then yeah. it tastes like really a thousand good. of them. Ten thousand of them. And then you like rip off the tail, peel it, and then eat it. And, oh, it's like mini lobster. Oh, yeah. Lobster. And it's like they're really so well seasoned, too. Where are you at? Where are you based out New Orleans, Louisiana. I was just there. At, so do you know Crew de Boo? Yeah, I've heard Crew de Boo. So did you so if you look up uh Pennywise, do you remember last year there was a Pennywise walking down the parade? Did you ever hear about this? No, I did we have so many parades around here, man. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So, so Crew de Boo, which is the big Halloween one last year. So mm -hmm. look at some pictures. This is your homework, man. I want you to look up some pictures. Yeah. And look up Pennywise, like from It, you know, the Stephen King story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I want you to look that up and look up Pennywise and then look me up on social media and I just, I'll leave it at that. Because all right, man, look, I'll, I'll leave a tweet or something once I, once I do my homework, all right? New Orleans is one of our favorite towns. I've been spending a lot of time there and I'm writing a new television show that takes place there. And I fell in love with that city. And it is oh, phenomenal. God. I was There's nothing to go like it in the world. When I was on the a huge hurricane that wiped out the city, and uh, my my band had a tour around it. We had to go around to Florida, and I never got a chance to go back until last year. And I fell oh, in love man. with New Orleans. So, so it well, look, I'm glad to hear that, man. I love hearing people talk good about my city. It feels yeah. amazing to come from best such a food, best people and it's just a great place so oh, yeah. Look, everybody here is fat too man you can't <laughs> <laughs> i love you all right look hey man i'm not here to take a bunch of time but wish y'all my best y'all stay safe all right all right, all right, all right. He's coming out buddy peace love i love that guy all right so uh keith we're gonna we're gonna start winding down a little bit because we had you on for an hour and a half we're gonna talk you out we've got a couple people waiting here let's see how Ahead of Tyler for a second. Hey, Tyler. Tyler, can you hear me? Hey, hey brother. Hey, buddy. Oh my God, I can't believe you actually answered my call. How are you guys doing? <laughs> my man, man, you here? Yeah. Um. So Keith, I have a question for you. So yeah. Um. A lot of people have been asking how the goat, how you in Modern Warfare Two, how you made the ghost and roach betrayal scene. Can you like take me through the like how you guys made it? How we made the scene with Roach? Yeah, like how did you, what was like the idea behind it? Like, 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 uh, yeah, like Shepard shooting them at the helicopter and then, yeah. Like, how was the scene made? So, uh, the way we recorded all that, I can't get too much into the creative without stepping on Activision's toes and the team's toes yeah. uh, about some of that stuff. Um, so, we had like Lance Henriksen. Um, we had uh, Craig Fairbrass. I mean, really, really great 
uh, actors, we have to record all of that separately. We can't do all that together. Um, when we're doing a motion capture scene, we can, but that scene in particular was actually done all Frankenstein together. So we did all those performances separately. And um, so what's interesting uh, with with Roach is, is that with, with Craig Fairbrass, you know, he comes back, you know, he's as Ghost, right? He's as Gaz, as Roach, and so, yeah. uh, so it, and, and he's just such an amazing actor. We just had to keep bringing him back. And he's like Kenny from South Park. We just keep killing him off and bringing him back. But he's such a great actor. Um, and with Lance, um, Lance is just so iconic. I mean, he just has this voice that's amazing. He's just such a great actor. Um, I ended up becoming really good friends with Lance and brought him into my Infex projects and some other things. And he's just great. And so when we do scenes like that, we kind of have to act it out many, many times. We got to have to go through and uh, and perform it from one side. Then we have to go through and perform it the other side. And uh, I think the team did an amazing job pulling it together. And just when you see that flame coming in and you know you're going to go out, you're like, what? Like you're literally getting I'm like- in shock. Yeah, yeah you guys it, did amazing. It's, that, that's hats off to the team. That's, that's not, I mean, performance wise and the actors are amazing, but that's the team really pulling that together and, and doing such a great stuff. And, and that team, I would have to say, cause that's, that's a lot of the main core guys that also went off to respawn and, and worked on uh, Titanfall. And we did Titanfall after all that, um, really good guys on top of their game. And when, when, you know, and when James talking about like guys who are really like, doing their best work. I love those guys. That team in particular really, really, really dialed their stuff in. And Modern Warfare 2, I think, was the pinnacle of everything that we had done during that time. Like when I see all the work coming together with that team, that's years and years and years of those guys hitting towards that mark. And the same thing on the Black Ops teams. And when you saw those guys coming, it's like, you know, those guys had been working together for and refining their craft and it come and it pays off in uh in games and scenes like that so i'm glad you like that dude thank you i just want to say thank you for your time james i've been watching your streams for about i would say about one or two months i've enjoyed every stream thank you so much i don't want to take too much time but Tyler, thank you take any time man i appreciate you being part of the stream community please keep coming back man great question by the way i see there's a question about sleeping dogs too uh just just to let you guys know i if there is i hope Oh, I would love to do a sequel to that game. Uh, I mean, the team is all over the place. Uh, they're in different companies now, so hopefully we'll get them back together. And I heard there was rumor of trying to make a movie out of it now. Uh, and if if there is, I hope we get some of that cast back because we have some really good actors. It's pretty cool. Go back to Sleeping Dogs and look at where that cast is now, by the way. It's uh, interesting. A lot of those actors have been exploding. Hey, Garrick. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. My my thing is like super slow right now. I'm sorry. Pop your question, man. Oh, wait, what's going on? So hang on. My thing is like super slow right now. Me, me the just make a... we'll hear you. Just pop the oh, question. Ask away, man. All right. I'm just gonna say this right now. I don't know shit about you, Mr. Keith. I don't know shit about you or anything. That's good. But man. You too, man. That's all good. I am like so overly fond of what you've done, like in Modern Warfare and Black Ops and Black Ops 2. I, I but I just don't know. Shit. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, I'm so well. So I'll tell you nervous. what, I'll give you, I'll give you some homework. Go, go to pcb.cc or pcbproductions.com right. and, uh, and go there 
and uh, and that site that you pulled up, that IMDb site that you did, go to the PCV site. That'll give you a little bit of a better handle of who I am and what what I do. Um, I don't advertise like like on my website. There's no phone number. There's no email address. There's no anything that's there. Uh, for us, like we're kind of we kind of operate behind the scenes. Uh, I did all the rock star thing when I was a kid. So like for me now, like I just love working behind the camera and, and making these projects, but we come out every once in a while. And I'll, I love, you know, you know, play with James and be able to do stuff out here with all you guys. But for the most part, people don't know what we do because we're all, you know, in the trenches doing, doing the work behind the scenes. And uh, I'm just glad you guys get to go out and appreciate and enjoy the stuff that we make because otherwise, you know, you know, we wouldn't be doing what we do. All right, brother. Thanks, Garrick. See ya. I hope you guys right. have a great time. And Woods, you can't kill me either. Yeah, you can't kill me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so listen, it is now uh, 143. Do you been out for like an hour 45? How you feeling? Dude, I'm good. I, I have something to go at five. So I, you got me for 10 minutes. Well, let's let's see a couple couple calls. So you got some people like Albert Gazzari has been waiting patiently. Then so is Kyle. So, hey, Albert, what's going on? What's up? So uh, I guess I got a question for Keith. Yo. I talk to Woods too much. So uh, <laughs> uh, Keith, like, what's like the stupidest thing that you've done in your youth? The stupidest thing that I've done? Yeah. <sighs> Probably everything, man. I, I've almost been killed about... 20 times um i i've done I, I continue to do stupid things man i i i'm i i drops cycle and I, so I know what to do what's that say it again drops an on me so i know how to have fun in my views you know uh well <laughs> you just don't don't hold back like you know the, the thing is is just like go out and do as much as you can man because you could get hit by a bus tomorrow and it's over so so just go out and do it i used to do crazy crazy stuff not irresponsible but just i didn't realize how short life was and uh and so i've almost fallen off of cliffs uh i've almost been crushed by elephants i've uh in your youth yeah i've dude i've broken just about every bone in my body three times over um i've been all over the world and done just the craziest craziest shit so um i don't regret anything uh i i don't think that like it's just you know you have to learn you have to make mistakes or you don't know if you don't grow from your mistakes then you know how are you going to learn otherwise but how so, do you find yourself like crossing past an elephant you know uh that's a good story. hard to find these days that's a good story i i actually got brought out that and i'll tell you a quick story as much as as fast as i can um i got brought out a friend of mine was an animal trainer who uh took on uh movie animals and had two african element uh, elephants uh one was uh michael jackson's rescued elephant and another one was from like a a, a zoo and they were relocating them out to uh, Oregon because they've changed the laws in California. And so I went out there with my family uh, and, they, and the guy said, hey, just, just bring as much food as you can. You can just feed these animals and hang out with them for the day. And I'm like, that's cool. So it's just us. And I think there's, I'll, I'll, I'll send you a picture. I'll show you, I'll share it in a little bit. But um, my wife, Valerie, who's also a director here, um, she's there mm -hmm. elephant and i'm standing there we're out in the middle of the desert 
there's a tree behind me. There's nowhere for me to go. The elephant's like right there. We're talking to her and petting her and doing whatever. And right in the training. And she loved my wife. And my wife says something to her, and she must have thought it was like a trick or whatever. So she starts to kneel down on me, right? And this tusk comes straight down on top of me and ends up on my foot. She knows exactly what she's doing. And then she just goes, boom, and she sits with her tusk on me, shatters my foot, uh, and like, and we're in the middle of nowhere. I mean, we're out in the middle of the desert. And the guy who's a trainer comes over and goes, whoa, are you all right? Because he saw what's happening. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I was wearing a boot. I was wearing like a hiking boot. And so we were out there for hours. So I had to stay out there with my foot shattered for a while. And uh, until we could get back and get some help, and my foot was just gone. It was, it's still, it's still to this day is still kind of crazy. So, yeah, you know, like you do get crushed by an African elephant, you know, it happens. Should happen. <laughs> yeah, should happen. Should happen. So, uh, but in terms of stupid stuff, man, uh, I, it's all stupid. I think, I think it's just, you know, you live and learn. All right, Albert. What? I'm gonna say, Albert, I, I'm gonna move on because we have three people left. I want to make sure everybody gets loose shots today. Thanks for coming by, Albert. For sure. Good question, man. Peace and love. Love you guys. Thank you. All right, have a good one. All right, Trevor, how you doing, man? Trevor, hi. There you are. Hi, man. Hey, man. Hey, how you doing? Oh my God, I can't believe I actually got on this. <laughs> Talk, brother. Talk. You have so, Keith Aram on the line. Ask him a question. First, so for James C. Burns, I want to ask a few things. What was your favorite Black Ops game? Which one do you have the most fun doing? Uh, there, to me, it's all one long experience. It's the same game, man. I, I have those preparation me one, two, and four. It's like, it, like the game never stopped for me. It's, just, it's one long thing. I can't. It's like, you know, I don't have a favorite child. They're all my. It's all my. It's one long. <laughs> experience okay and i just wanted to ask like i don't know how to what was your favorite scene like when i just what was your favorite scene doing just i mean it's like it depends on the day depends on who i'm talking to if i'm hanging out with kamar it's myself and kamar if i hang out with emerson brooks it's with emerson if i'm hanging out with uh rich mcdonald it depends man there's so many it's the people on set. The what I have is that's very fortunate. Is I get to work with people on set. It's one thing to be in the booth during battle chatter, but to be on set and connecting with other other actors, that's when it's, that's when the magic happens. So it depends on who I'm thinking about. I have again, I'm in love with the whole series, so I have no special one. It's a, it's just the whole thing. Sorry, I know that's a deflated answer, but that's how I feel about it. It depends on the day and. It can be any scene I've been in. It's all, it's all good for me. Okay. And uh, something that I've always wondered about Black Ops 2, where was Mason for 30 years? What was he doing, if you know? Good question. Good question. Nobody really knows. Can you get any ideas? No, I don't, actually. That is a good, that is a good question. I don't, yeah. think that, I don't think that's been revealed yet. Yeah. Well, there you go. All right. Trevor, thanks for coming on, buddy. Good questions. Thanks for having me on. Come back and visit, all right? Bye-bye. Yeah. Keith, is right. that a virtual background or your actual background? This is this is it. This is actually a real background. Oh, I couldn't yeah. tell. It looked too perfect. Yeah. 
Uh, it, it, his whole life is like that. It's, it's, it's disgusting. Yeah. It's disgusting, yeah. And he has the best snack room of any studio I've ever been in. Is a snack room? Yeah, he, he, has, he has these uh, cashew clusters. Yeah. Uh, I can't uh, even keep a diet at his, at his studio. I, I, I hate him for it. All right, Isaiah Brick, come on on. Say hi. We're, we're, we're <laughs> hey. Hey, man. Doing good. Speak, man. All right. So... I got a question for what's his name? Keith. I forgot. Keith. Yeah. I got good. a question for you, Keith. Have Go you ever it. done sound design for Valve? For Valve, uh, not for Valve directly. Probably one of the teams working for them, but I don't think I've actually worked for Valve as a team. Although their stuff is awesome. From what I remember, uh, there's some really good stuff that they did. Yeah. I also want to know, have you ever done sound design for Running With Scissors? With Running With Scissors? They did the Postal game, right? Yes. Postal uh, series. Yeah, they did the Postal series. I, I didn't do any sounds on those games. Um, I don't think they're around anymore. I think that was a, that was like ten years ago, something like that, that they did that. They're still around. Are they really? Yeah. I thought I thought people were trying to lynch those guys. Uh, yeah, no, that's that's awesome. I remember they got a lot of flack for Postal. Um, I didn't I didn't do sound design for those guys actually. Uh, uh, surprisingly, I I don't know. Those. I thought they were out in Arizona, maybe Phoenix. They're still in Tucson. Yeah. Mike J oh. says they're the herpes of the video game industry. <laughs> I'm actually I, I grew up in Tucson, but uh, but I never I never met those guys. But I uh, I do remember they got a lot of flack for Postal. <laughs> the herpes of the video. All right, man, Isaiah, right. I'm going to cut you loose after that. The herpes of the video game world. Yep. That's that's a, that's a phrase. Oh, no, no. That's All right, awesome. Man. All right, thanks, brother, man. Thank you. Hey. Alec Rhodes, come on, say hi. Alec. Oh, yeah. I, I already said hi. Um, but I, I just want to say friend? one thing because everyone's sort of busy. Um, Keith, like you're you're such a G because you know that other kid, like not many people know about you and developers and everything, you know. They know Woods, they know James, but you're sort of like the unsung hero. And so <laughs> just one last thing to say, like you're you're the you're the real hero here, you know. You're like the game, ah, like yeah, 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 screw you, James. <laughs> yes, he is. Hey, you know, I um, I appreciate you saying that. I, I, it's, it's weird because I did the rock star thing as a kid. Like, I, you get the, I got my ego all worked up as a kid. You know, you're on stage, you're performing for ten or twenty thousand people, and you think that's really cool. And you got girls and everyone coming after you, and you think that that's the life. And you realize that it gets really old after the first week. And by two weeks, you're kind of done. And by a month, you're just sick of it. And uh, and so I really decided to just be more on the creative side and getting behind it. And as a result, you're not on stage. No one knows your name. People don't do that. So for you guys to come out and, and to have me on here and to, to say stuff about the projects we worked on, I still think it's a collaborative effort. And, you know, it's not me. It's the team. And it's everybody putting things together. But I love being part of these. And I've done 650 projects now. So it's like it's 
it, it's weird when it adds up and you look at the body of work that you've done and you're like, wow, I feel like I just did that yesterday. And then, and you realize, oh yeah, that was 10 years ago. So, uh, so it's cool. So I'm glad that you guys appreciate the stuff and, uh, and I love being here and, uh, you guys always are welcome to fire us questions and we'll answer as much as we can when we can. Thanks. So, thanks, Thank man. You. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, Joe, speak up, man, real quick. What's um, going on? Hi. I, uh, the, this first question is for uh, all of you. So um, my personal favorite mission um, is Suffer With Me from Black Ops 2. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, just the, the, the tension. And, you know, even when, like, starting the mission, of course, Wood says it himself that there's a, you know, it's, something didn't feel right, but, you know, you can, like, feel that something doesn't feel right, you know? And yeah. I was just wondering what your guys' favorite missions are. I mean, in the total of like black, uh, not not black ops, like Call of Duty storylines. No, just like Call of Duty in general. You know, you could add modern warfare. Wow, that's hard because there's there's such different world. I and mean, for me, on my side, I mean, like because Black Ops and the story arcs versus what we did on Modern Warfare are such different worlds. Like they're they're not even in the same you know, universe to a lot of the stuff that, that I, the way I see it, um, because what we did in, in modern warfare two and, and especially, I mean, there's scenes, there are emotional scenes. I mean, you sit, look at what, you know, no Russian was like, and the performances that, that the people did on that are super powerful, especially if you're really listening to stuff. Um, you know, the opening scene with Reznov and escaping prison and doing all that is, it's such to me like like such a great thing because I have you know remember you know doing all this work with Gary and and how he was sort of envisioning how his character was going to you know do that uh, versus you know, when we had like Ed Harris interrogating Mason you know and Ed Harris is you know is going through and Ed Harris is like an intense actor like an amazing yeah. actor so for me as a as a director as a talent director like it's really hard for me to separate the actor and the performance that we did versus what you guys are seeing in the game, right? Because like yeah. you guys are seeing everything put together as an emotional piece that's there. We're building it in blocks and assembling like it and putting it together. And there's so many people all assembling it that sometimes we don't see it till it's all finished. We don't even know how it's going to come out. And, uh, and so it's interesting for you to have a different experience than, than we do because sometimes we don't even have names to things. Some scenes aren't put together, and sometimes we do something and then it's assembled two years later. Yeah. Uh, and and so it's a really interesting difference because a lot of people ask us questions about things that we did, and like we have this amazing experience that we did behind the scenes, and we never even got to see the final thing sometimes. Yeah, and, uh, and that's a really interesting you know, scenario that people don't realize. And sometimes some of some of our favorite stuff is not it doesn't make the game. There's three or four scenes that I love that never made the game. You know that that happens too. Listen, yeah. Joseph, good question. I'm gonna move you on, man. Just got one more. I okay. Going to be waiting patiently. Then we're gonna call it and like, thanks coming on, man. Yeah, so this was an on. honor. Thank oh, you, bro. Thanks, thank man. Good you. question. Kyle, come on on, man. Where are you, Kyle? There you are. My son's name is Kyle. Hello, everyone. How you doing? Kyle, Kyle. from Wales. <laughs> from Wales? I'm like, doing great. I got, I got something to show you, Woods, but that's special. I keep that lost, but I got a free um, question for Keith. Great, go for it. 
And Keith, what is who is your favorite person that everyone you met so far? That I've ever met? Yeah, who's your favorite person? His wife. <laughs> His Can't wife. Can't with that. It, it actually is. It is my wife. My wife is my partner in crime in everything that I do. Uh, we just last week celebrated our 20th wedding anniversary, and we've been together almost a couple years. Kyle. So, she's directing all, mm -hmm. the, all the new Persona games, and, uh, oh, and yeah. Runner, and Trashman, and Tropical Steel. So, so, look her up. Uh, you got the Valerie Aaron. She's a bigger rock star than I am these days, and she is carrying it up. So, for me, for me to be here with her and work with her and do all these projects, um, I get the best of both worlds because I get to spend time at home and I get to spend time at work and get to be with my best friend. So absolutely. Kyle, cut, thanks, Keith. Kyle, I cut you off because you had a loop going on. You got to fix your audio. All right, listen, I'm going to call this. This has been great, Keith. Thank you so much. You amazing, awesome stuff. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Yeah. And I'm so, as we say, guys, stick around for a second, everybody. Um, thanks for coming to Sarge's Corner. We're going to be back on Sunday. No, Thursday. We're going to have a, just a regular show. We got more, we got more, uh, got a Hunter, I mean, Gunner Wright's coming on. You were Gunner, right, Keith? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Gunner's coming on uh, next right. week. And then I've got, uh, I guess, so um, at the end of the show, like I always say, Woods out. Keith Aram, you were awesome. Thanks for being here. And like we say, Woods out, man. Let me, let me kill this and. Hey, before we go, before you go, if you want, um, I'll just throw it out there. Um, I'll let you handle it in the specifics. And you guys can put if you want to, um, I'll put together a care package of some of the stuff, some of the graphic novels and movie stuff together. And if you want to do a contest and you can give it away to one of your fans, uh, go for it. Say thank you for everybody for being there. So I'll let you figure out the specifics of it, but uh, I'll, I'll set that up and you guys can give it away if you want to.